Welcome to the One Percenter podcast. I'm very pleased to welcome Jessica Barkley onto the show today. Uh, Jessica, me and Jessica connected about oh, maybe about six, seven months ago through through Clubhouse. A million a years. A million years a million ago. Years ago. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know I've been talking about Clubhouse a lot lately, but it, it really is a powerful platform for for networking, meeting new people, and I've met so many great people on Clubhouse, including including Jess, who runs. Uh, it's called a healthy lifestyle club. It's not called the healthy lifestyle. It's called a healthy lifestyle because there's no such thing as one the healthy lifestyle. Um, so yeah, really pleased to, to have her on the show today. She's got a similar background to me, health and lifestyle coach, and we we share a lot of the same values when it comes to building a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. So I thought I'd bring her on today to share some of her her. Um, hints and tips at a successful, healthy, happier lifestyle. So welcome, Jess. Good to have you on the 1% podcast. Thank you for having me. I was just chuckling because we turned everything off before we started and still technology still wants to get the better of me and still things are like coming in and my phone started ringing and I'm like, my phone's not even in this room. It's my old <laughs> phone. I turned it on to use it as a camera the other day. So that started ringing. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good technology is always on my side like clearly you can't, you can't live with it you can't live without it no 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 it's um I feel like so at the time of recording this we are the day after because I'm not sure when you picked this out we are the day after that Instagram Facebook WhatsApp blackout yeah um, and it, I kind of really liked it <laughs> it was quite nice wasn't it I felt a bit um I felt a bit uneasy at first it's like oh my god what's happened here but then when I thought about it, it's like, you know, we used to live, a, you know, what, what did we do before Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and social media, the internet? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm old enough to remember those days. So oh, like, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't be fooled by the good use of sunscreen over the years. <laughs> so, I just love, I'm, I'm ancient. I just love back to 50 um so no one can tell <laughs> no, factor, factor 50 was the original filter yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we talked about put, put a filter on it and i was like just put factor 50 on it and you'll be fine there you go there you go um so yeah just tell us a bit about about yourself for the for the listeners who don't know who you are tell us a bit about your background and what it is you do um, so my name is Jessica Barkley. I'm a lifestyle coach, personal trainer. Um, I recently, I used to say I'm based in London, but I'm not anymore. Recently relocated out in London. Um, out, yeah, come out to the country, um, moved to Berkshire uh, in pursuit of just another level of health. Um, it wasn't our only reason, but it definitely played um, a massive part, our personal health and also health of the planet. We don't need to live in London. So why would we congest a place up that we don't actually need to live in? Um, we're close enough that we can commute for any bits that we need. And um, if I'm honest, I don't like leaving my house. So what was the point in living close to things when I didn't go to any of them? <laughs> um, but I, everyone always looks at me and they're like, oh, it's all right for you. You've always been like fit and healthy. And I'm like, heck no. Um, I've struggled with disordered eating. I was on diet pills from age 14. I've done uh, the Slimming World, the Slim Fast, the lettuce sandwich diet, the <laughs> there was some sort of weird baked bean and grapefruit diet that was apparently recommended by the British Heart Foundation in the run-up to heart operations that went around. And uh, you can drop 10 pounds in a week by doing this. 
I mean, you could just drink more water and probably do the same thing, but hey ho, um, but all that thing. And I was, I was hugely overweight, but I'm nearly six foot tall. So one of the things was people didn't realize it as a youngster. Um, even back then, if you were showing signs of being obese or it was affecting your health and things, then you would have got support from your school. Um, and because I was so tall, it was very evenly spread, but I felt terrible. Um, the scales, not that I now worry about the scales, but the scales were pretty scary then. Um, and the doom and gloom of that and like things didn't fit right and everything just felt uncomfortable. And, and I, from the inside, right deep inside my core of my soul outwards um, and the connection with my mental and physical health has never been more obvious than when I realized quite how miserable I was in like every aspect um, and then my mum got diagnosed with a, a, rare, a rare aggressive form of T-cell lymphoma um, in 2013 and I'd always kind of seen her as quite healthy um, like she always moaned about her weight and she was, again was part of the whole diet culture issue at the time uh, well the ongoing diet culture issue um, and we started looking at how we can support her cancer journey through through health and through nutrition um, and for the first time in my life I thought screw weight loss I can't be bothered anymore um, it's just it's just not working I'm just always going to be big blah 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 I'm never going to be exercised blah 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 all the stories that we tell ourselves and um, I'm just going to focus on being healthy and the irony is but I'm ching that's when the weight falls off um, so I started doing looking at stuff for mum and looking at stuff for me and shifting, went through so many different phases um, of development over a very short space of time. I got divorced. I relocated because I lived in Cornwall at the time, which I hated. Everyone thinks like moving to Cornwall is like the dream with the surfing and the beaches. But I tell you what, for the wrong person, it's horrendous. Um, and it just goes to show everyone has a different perfect place. Um, but I absolutely hated living in Cornwall. Absolutely hated it. Um, and my my ex-husband, lovely chap, but just not the right person for me. Um, his family were not nice to me at all. So um I would say I wasn't in an abusive relationship, but there were definitely abusive relations around me. Um, and everything like just re-qualified. Um, I worked basically been head of department or worked for myself since I was 19. Um, I went into quite a high level job quite quickly um, and sort of made it my own and was very much left alone by bosses. So um, I don't really, I don't really like working for other people, but I, I liked what I was doing, but I liked more the business building side of it, not the actual industry that I was in. So re-qualifying and um, had my own studio in central London near Waterloo, which was absolutely amazing. Um, I think when you come from a business building background and you come into health and fitness a bit later on, I wasn't willing to go back to the beginning of the business journey side of things. So I've never worked in a gym. I've never worked for anyone else. Um, I've only ever worked for myself. And yeah, set myself up, set my own studio up and went into being really successful with it pretty quickly, which is always nice. Um, and then had my daughter. And a big part of what I teach is lifestyle. It's not just the sessions we do in the gym or the meals we cook in our kitchen. It's everything. Mm. Um, and I was like, if I'm going to practice what I preach, I'm giving up my studio. Um, and it's what I believed was the right thing. And still to this day, I'm very glad that I did it. It was amazing to say that I have my own studio in central London. It's like, yeah, bit of a, a career tick checkpoint as it were. 
Um, but to be able to say that I was willing and able to give that up and shift to working from home, working in other people's homes so that I could have my daughter. I mean, I took daughter, my daughter to clients. Um, I'd like to have her on my lap in sessions because I was like, well, why not? Who, who said, who wrote the rule book that said I can't do that? So that's that's what I shifted into doing. Um, and then as she's got older, she, she had a, a bit of nanny time and things like that. And um, I originally ran it as two separate businesses, the self-development side and then a personal training side. And then uh, where are we now? Like two years ago, I bought it under the same branding. Um, so it's all moved under the Lifestyle Coach UK branding. Um, and that's been really nice to sort of streamline it all a little bit more. Um, but I'm big into time management. I'm big into organization. I'm big into planning. Yeah. Um, it just... People always say, oh, Jess, how do you do You do so much? How do you manage to do everything that you do? And I was like, well, do you plan your time? Do you think ahead? Do you schedule? And they're like, no, I haven't got time for that. And I was like, well, that's why you haven't got any time. <laughs> there you go. There you go. If you don't have time, you know, you need to make time. I think it's really interesting. We, time. we just don't use it very well. <laughs> exactly. We've all got the same 24 hours in a day. Um, really impressive. You know, I didn't know that about you actually coming from a business background and then you go into the fitness industry where normally it's normally a lot of personal trainers that get into the fitness industry. They have no business acumen at all. I know I certainly didn't. You know, I'm, I'm 41 now and it's probably only in the last five, six years that I've started to be, have a bit more of a business head on me to, to, to start to grow my business. Whereas they don't really teach that in, in PT school when we're learning to get qualified, learn everything about the human body. You know, every bone in the body, every muscle group in the body, you never really, you don't really use all of that information. But you don't oh, really learn. The guy that did my course had no idea about business. He also, so I did my course um, in London, my practical bits of my course. And there was a little bit about business in there, about starting up. And I had already done my research for pricing and things like that. And I'd already looked at where I was going to teach and what I wanted to do with it and things. I'd already discovered that sort of side of things um so when he got to that tiny little five minutes in the course <laughs> to talk about it I was just I was just like head in hands because he wasn't local he wasn't London he didn't know the London industry and he's teaching to London instructors they were all local instructors and he's saying yeah you want to start off maybe like 35 pound an hour and I was like dude no you do not you because it's so hard to put your prices up um you know your worth. If you know that you've got the knowledge to be teaching and providing value, don't don't start at thirty five. And do you know what I started my my starting prices when I first got qualified? Hundred pounds an hour, and I got it um, because it was central London, and I brought the benefits, and I knew that I added value, and I charged for those worth, and people happily paid it. Yeah. And I had clients that saw me four times a week this and was, happily paid it. This is why you see so many PTs; they don't make it past literally. You get them in a the gym; they don't make it past the first six weeks. Once they mm. once they start got got to stop paying that rent to the gym, you know you had your own studio. That's even you know even <laughs> bigger, bigger, an even bigger pressure to to have. You know, I mean, I've never had a studio. I've worked in a gym for many years, but now, like yourself, it's really good to be working from home. Um, one of the things, you know, I, I love the way you, you you bring your daughter into into to sessions. Whereas I, that was a bit of a shock to me when we went into lockdown. And I've now all of a sudden got to start working from home with two toddlers. It's like just complete madness. My, my, um, my youngest would come into the room. 
he'd burst into the room, he'd grab my iPad and he'd start running around. I'm trying to train a client on <laughs> my tether, be running around with the iPad. It was just pandemonium. But thankfully, you know, most of my clients are very understanding. I think, you know, I think it's all part of the experience now. It's like we wouldn't have it any other way. So and it's nice for the, the kids so to see what you do as well. My client. Yeah, I think so, so many clients learn from, they use you as an example. I, I, am, I am my best example of what I teach um, because of how much that I'm able to do. And that I've got this great relationship with my daughter because I have the time and she doesn't see as much. Like occasionally, like I've been away the last two weekends, I've had one night away on each weekend. Um, I'm speaking again this weekend, but it's close enough that I'm staying at home. But then there's nothing else. Like that's, that's, the, that's the year done. <laughs> like and that that's it um and it's very rare that I would do even more than one weekend in a year but basically my whole year is worth of trips away I've ended up in October yeah. um but it's that they get inspired by that and when I say to people that you can put boundaries in on your life and my boundary is that um I don't teach sessions during this time and then something crops up and the only time my client can do is that and I said well my boundaries are I don't teach sessions during that time because I have my daughter and I want to have my daughter and if you're happy for her to be there she might come and say hi she might sit in the corner and play but if you're happy for her to be there um then I'm I'm happy for this as a one-off um but I would do all the time and things and it's having those those boundaries that other people respect and appreciate like you can adjust them occasionally when you want to um but I think we particularly when it comes to our kids we fear we fear that vulnerability it's like it's a weakness that we've got children that's like hang on the human race wouldn't continue to exist if people didn't have kids um and I'm totally for people that don't want to have children and I'm like yes go for it you follow you um but we also need to understand that there's a huge detrimental thing happening with our children's mental health because their parents are basically being told by society that you have to separate your life and it's Am I allowed to swear? Are you are you swear friendly? Feel free. It's bollocks. It's bollocks. It's absolute bollocks. And oh my god, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah, I don't swear very often. Um, yeah, it's absolute bollocks. We can we can blend the elements of our lives in together, and I think balance is such an interesting word. We hear it so often, like work life balance, like health and fun balance. I'm sorry, when did health and fun get separated into two different columns? That is like a whole podcast itself. Um, yeah. But we think of balance and we think of the scales. We think of the seesaw of these two like equal things. Which, and my my kid is four. She doesn't even have two things that she's balancing in her life. And I always think of balance as that, you know, that one pot meal that you do on the stove, that big pan that you just throw loads of stuff in. And one day I'm going to want a bit more garlic in it. And then the next day I'm going to want a bit more chili in it. And it's always going to taste a little bit different um, depending on what I need from my meal. And obviously this is a metaphor and physically and, and an actual. Um, but you wouldn't have equal amount of sweet potato to garlic in a recipe. Imagine like a handful of garlic and a handful of sweet potato being, oh my God, it would taste disgusting. But that's what we try and do in life. We try and have equal portions of everything. And then we wonder why it tastes awful. Um, we need to realise that it might be a sprinkle of this and a big bit of that and a little bit of this and that it all mixes together. And then the next day we want to put a load of chocolate on top of it. Like it's balance is not a seesaw. Balance is a recipe. Um, and I just 
Yeah, I want to get that out to as many people as possible so I they think, stop trying to have this equal thing. I think that's a really valid point you make, actually, because I've, I've always been like, I've always had that mentality as well that I need to have like these four quadrants, health and wellness, family, you know, business and work and, and you know, something else, relationships, perhaps. And you just simply can't make each one equal. But, you, you know, you nope. need to have a, a little bit of it all into the mix if you want mm. a, yeah, I don't even want to say a well-balanced life now because it's, it's, it's almost... A tasty meal. If you want to have a tasty meal. Life should be a tasty meal. Life it should, should nourish you meal. physically. It should nourish, nourish you mentally and emotionally. Um, it should look good. It should taste great. Life should be a tasty I think, meal. I think that's going to have to be the title of this podcast. <laughs> Life should be a tasty meal, Jessica Barkley. <laughs> I love that. That's no, that's that's a really um, that's, that's a really good way of thinking about it because. Yeah, we're just trying to juggle like if we haven't done enough exercise we start to feel guilty about that and if we haven't done enough work we start to feel guilty about something else but you know when we think of balance it's not like it's not like a, a scale it's not having one negative and one positive everything should be positive everything should be yeah. fun you know and just throw it all into the mix and in, enjoy yourself you know mm. i think there's um the latest sort of i guess social trend that i've seen is people talking a lot about the the getting back on track. I've seen a lot of reels recently. I'm a bit of a real addict at the moment, I'll be honest. Um, but I've seen a lot of reels recently talking about the, oh, my client said they had cake. And I'm like, just get back on it. Just get back on it. Just get back on it. And I'm like, where did they fall off it? They just had cake. What? Why don't we stop normalizing this idea that having cake or like having a takeaway is falling off? or going off track yeah um, and I think that is that is part of like generally through your health journey is you might need to go through that adjustment of understanding that okay I, I slipped off what I was trying to eat and I now I'm getting back on track but we do need to move it into this idea of it not being off track and on track it's just it's just cake it was just someone's birthday it was just it's like you don't want there to be a million justs but something every couple of weeks it's like it's just life yeah yeah <laughs> always, we haven't fallen off track <laughs> yeah otherwise you're living your life on eggshells you're you're trying to be healthier but then oh no i've got this thing coming up i'll st and then it and then you end up saying okay i'm going to start after that birthday or after christmas or in the new year whereas really you should start now and just realize that it's part of the journey that you're going to have a birthday yeah. you're going to have a bit of cake you're going to have a drink from time to time you know, that's not going to change whether you start now or whether you wait till the new year. You're still going to go through this same, you know, journey. There's never going to be a perfect clearing in your schedule where there's there's no birthdays, there's no Christmas parties coming up, there's no social events. Well, unless you're going for yeah. lockdown, but you know how you know it's not going to it's not going to happen too often. But well, look at it. If so the ba the the basis that a lot of and I'm sure you've heard this over the years, just as I had. Basically, people that would sit and describe lockdown, what has been lockdown, they would have described that as being like the perfect opportunity to get on top of their health. And how many people gained weight and didn't do anything? Exactly, 50-50, wasn't thing. it? Yeah, because it's like, actually, that perfect time of less work, not having to travel, being home all the time, having more spare time, ended up being hugely detrimental to everyone's mental health. And so it, 
there, there is it's literally impossible you can't you would hit pause on the world and it still wouldn't be the right time to do it and um, you have to make it the right time and just get on with it <laughs> taking perfect action mm. cool nice so have you got i know uh, in, in a lot of your rooms which I've, I've been in a lot of your rooms guys if you haven't had a chance to check out jess's um clubhouse room it's or, or the club it's called a healthy lifestyle so make sure you jump on you run those every every morning right so we do, um, we have Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. ish, because if my life requires me to move it, I just move it. <laughs> I'm not going to be dictated to by an app. Um, but yeah, so 9 a.m. Monday to Friday, we do a maximum half an hour. Um, and it's uh, everyone just come in and come on stage and we give our three top intentions for the day. Um, I have two rules. It's a maximum of three. Um, and it has to be something tick-offable, which, yes, is a whole word in itself. Um, so it has to be tick-offable. So it can't be like, oh, um, I'm going to be a bit more mindful today. And it's like, no, no, you've got to find a physical mindful exercise that you're going to do. Or you're like, no, I'm going to do this meditation, guided meditation track. It has to be something very specific. It can't be like, oh, I'm just going to do a workout. No, no, no. What's your actual workout that you're going to do? What time of day are you going to do it? Like something you can really tick it off at the end of the day that you've done it yeah. Um, and yeah the maximum the three but other than that I'm kind of like it's and sometimes people come in they're actually I've just got one big one or I've got two um or I don't know at all and I'm going to listen to the end of the room and I'll come back to you at the end and let you know then yeah. um but I have my so I have a definition of a successful day and mine is one thing personal one thing professional and then one thing home family um and yes some days are imperfect and there'll be two work things and only one personal or something like that. But um, so quite a few people use that as their three to give their three points for their successful day. Um, but other people just go go ahead with their three. And it's really nice because there are people that now use that half an hour to set their planning for the day. They mm -hmm. get all their, their tasks done in the morning, in the run up. They drop the kids off at school. They do, do maybe their first sort of check through their emails from work. And then they grab a cup of tea and come and chill for that half an hour um, to just sort of set up the rest of the day properly. Um, I often find if you do it too early, you get distracted by like worrying that there's an emergency on your phone that you haven't dealt with or like the chaos of the kids. You, you just don't get your brain in the right place yet. So I drop my little one off. I actually do a little bit of work. And then I go into that half an hour, which is really nice. Um, and then we started a couple of weeks ago. I've been doing this for years, but not on Clubhouse. Um, is the weekly review. Uh, so on a Friday evening at 5.30, we do an hour-long weekly review. And it's a guided room. So it's a little bit different to how quite a lot of the Clubhouse rooms are. Someone asks a question and then someone verbalizes their answer. Um, we do the answers privately. So I'll ask the question and then I put on a bit of music and people answer the question to themselves. Um, because as nice as it is to hear how people's weeks have been and stuff like that, it's personal. Mm. Um, and the first half of that is looking back on the week that's been and sort of having a bit of an assessment of how you were feeling, what were your big successes, maybe spotting, identifying some things that aren't working. Um, so maybe you cancelled on your PT three times. You'd be like, oh, okay, that's not working. What, why isn't it working? Um, and then we go into planning our next weeks as well. So there are questions that help you go through your to-do list your long-term goals, your long-term plans, all in, we do this all within nine questions magically. Um, and so by the end of it, you'll have looked back on your past week and you'll have actually planned your next week right down to blocking out in your calendar. Mm. So it's a very, we, uh, we sit in that room, we take action. Such an itchy nose today, sorry. Um, 
we take action in that room like it's not I think you, you have to be quite careful on Clubhouse because there's a lot of like wishy-washy non-specific oh I felt really good coming out of that room I'm like ready to like achieve stuff but no one's actually taught you how to do it mm. and I'm I like actionable I like rooms where we actually do something where we actually achieve something we feel great we've had a nice chat I think we went off on a little bit of conspiracy theory about Facebook this morning and, <laughs> and because of the shutdown and things like that. And we've got such an interesting, diverse group of people that we've got nearly 3000 members in a healthy lifestyle club now. Um, and so there's this lovely diversity of people. But I always make sure that at the end of the room, as long as people have been listening and not just have it in the background, ignoring it, um, <laughs> but as long as they've been listening, that they gets like an actionable thing from it um and ideally i want people to do the work while they're in the room like yeah. make the space do it now because if if you listen to a room or you watch a youtube video and you're like oh that's really really nice how many times do we actually not do the thing we just learned about you just forget about it and it's your life gets in the way and you know, yeah something happens and it's like it's just it's or a do next time. yeah so yeah I like exactly it's all about I taking like action in the moment yeah yeah we're gonna do it and then um we do I do a one-off pop-up so the second where are we the second Monday of the month I'll do a pop-up room in an evening because the let's be honest more people have got the time in the evenings to be doing them but that's not the time that suits me I like family time I have family dinners and um, and then I have like evenings I might have a class or I just genuinely try and not uh, or I might be working with a client I just, it doesn't work for me um, but a one once a month thing is fine. So basically, I sort of normally put a shout out and see what people want me to talk about, or what topic they want. So I think our next one that we've got coming up, we're doing a fitness power hour. Um, I think you're coming on to Mod Squad for it, hopefully, if work allows. Um, um, so we've got like a good group of, of fit pros and stuff to coming to do like a, a one off Q and A pop up room as well. Um, I think last was that last month. Last month was the guided brain dump. So we did like a massive guided brain. To, oh, no, no, that was the month before. We did a setting up your routine. So we all use the hour to set up our routines on our digital calendars. Um, I think I have sleep down for November, but I can't quite remember off the top of my head. Um, but it's really nice. It's nice to have the like straightaway reactions from people and um, to really get if people are actually understanding what you're saying. Whereas when you obviously you and I are both in the fitness industry we can sit here talking but someone listening in might not necessarily understand what we're talking about without being able to ask questions whereas on Clubhouse people can jump straight in and ask questions which I just find so amazing I think it's underutilized I hope it keeps growing um because I think it is really beneficial um particularly like the mindset side and the business building side I yeah. think it's very very beneficial yeah yeah I really um yeah, I've been in quite a few rooms, but I really need to get on top of running my own room as well, which is something that, you know, that's on my, uh, my to-do list that I need to kind of pull my finger out and uh, and get set up at some point. But uh, Well, you yeah. can run it under the a Healthy Lifestyle Club because it's you've been a member for so long now. And yeah. I'm, I'm sure you're in the WhatsApp group, but yeah. It's the, I am, yeah, the I am. That, Yeah. So the, the people that are in the WhatsApp group, I open up if any of them want to run rooms under the club. Um, then like I wouldn't have let them in the WhatsApp group if I didn't like them. <laughs> like I say like them, like like what they do and like that they bring quality stuff to the con. Like yeah, you're yeah. not gonna find any network marketers in that WhatsApp group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Love it, love it. Cool. Jess, have you got um so we know about the rooms, we know about the, the club. Have you got like 
so you normally kind of plan your day you have free free rules do you have free sort of general rules for success when it comes to a healthy healthy lifestyle that you'd like to close out with planning planning and planning <laughs> can go. they always be the same <laughs> one um i i'm also vegan um i like all our meals to be for all of us so we don't make separate stuff for my little one she has what we have yeah. um so there's definitely a lot of planning that goes into our food from that point of view um and i think the the further down the rabbit hole i fall with food the actually what some people would look at as being restrictive um i mean some people think veganism is restrictive and there's so many reasons why we are vegan and um, our main one is actually environmental impact um but the so there's lots of things that actually I look in the supermarket and I'm like it's just not food it's just not food it might be packaged up and the marketing company might be telling you it's food but it's just not so um I have to get quite creative and that definitely has to have a lot of planning I'm also very anti-packaging mm. um so today before this actually my uh, is my supermarket shop because I do an Ocado shop do an online ordering so ordering again planning I do the online ordering, but then for our vegetables, it's so hard to get online ordering companies to deliver vegetables without packaging. So I go and get those from the supermarket so I can feel them myself. I can look at them myself. Um, you always want to try and get the most vibrant color wise, particularly any like red fruits and vegetables. So um, to, uh, like tomatoes, they're all red pretty much. Um, so like apples, I want the reddest ones because they've got the most, the best antioxidants. Um, and you don't want to be peeling them because inside they're just white. There are white fruits otherwise. So eat the skin, please. Um, but I want to go and make sure that I'm getting the right thing. So I plan that into my week. And that is literally on my calendar permanently as a repeating event um, so that I've got the time to go and make sure I've got the right things. Um, and then they'll be planning into prepping it. Um, I A lot of frozen stuff, frozen veggies, they often blanch, cook it, part cook it. Um, and then freeze it and I don't like that <laughs> so I will buy fresh chop it and freeze it myself because then I know it's not blanche cooked and things like this so um, to meet my very high demands for the stuff that I put in my mouth because it's got to be if I'm going to eat it I want it to be the best um, okay. there's a heck of a lot of planning that has to kind of go into it so that it ticks the box of being nutritious and fabulous and tastes amazing and comes without packaging um, <laughs> If someone could find me package-free organic, that would be great because that's real, real issue. Most organic stuff comes in yeah, excess yeah. packaging, um, which is very frustrating, um, but never mind. I'm working on it. I've got the other boxes ticked. Um, my second one would be knowing your own definition of success when it comes to anything in life. So be it your health or be it whatever, yeah. just in general um, and for me, I want to be able to do a little bit more than the average person, but I don't necessarily need to be a professional athlete to feel successful in my fitness, for example. Mm. Um, so I want to be, I want to be a bit stronger than average, but I'm not worried about being the strongest person on earth. I'm like, I want to be a bit faster than average, but I'm not worried about being the fastest person on earth. And um, I think that's where we lean into our spirit, our soul, our create, like who we are. Um, and that's just not something that matters to me. It's something I hugely respect in other people, but it's just not something that matters to my physical health and my fitness levels. And so I set my benchmark to there to always be pushing myself to be a bit more than I was yesterday. But I don't, I don't by any means need to be the best in anything fitness wise. Um, and I'm quite happy there. I'm quite happy with my 140 deadlift. And my, I think I've got my 
bench up to 60 um and I'll always push it to be keep going a little bit higher a little bit higher but I don't need it to be I don't need to be Olympic lifting um and I think the same thing like really leaned into with with how I use my time and like I said she was like being able to ascertain that for me success wasn't having the studio it was a lovely it was when I had it but I moved into a different chapter in my life and I let go of that level of success and um I think when we hear the word success we so often think about our professional life and the money in our bank accounts mm. um and I think that just ends up being so detrimental to both our mental and physical health um so having having that really true definition to ourselves so planning and um, knowing yourself and, and knowing your definition of success um and then I guess my third tip would be saying no so if you have if you've worked out I should have done the other two the other way around um, <laughs> if you've worked out what your definition of success is if you've worked out where you want to be like your ideal and what is right for you and then you have done the planning to make sure that you can do that that you can actually achieve what you've what you've set out to do you need to be able to say no to the rest of it mm. um you need to be able to say i don't i don't need to train at 90 percent. it's something i always do with my clients a couple of weeks into training with me and i don't tend to do a lot of one-to-one personal training anymore i tend to do more the coaching side um, and the mindset and the time management side of things these days um but when I used to do the, the one-to-one stuff and um, yeah, I'd say probably about, about week three, I'd start looking at percentages with them um, and not in the way that we think of, not like percentages of one rep maxes type stuff that we usually would talk about as personal trainers. And it was about what percentage can you go at and consistently maintain week to week? Mm. Um, and actually the majority of clients I would work with um, partly because, that that's my area of speciality is like general health level it's people that just wanted to generally feel healthier um, and happier and have more movement and have more energy and have better skin and whatever it is and better mental health from their exercises as opposed to people that want to run a marathon or anything and um, is that they'd all actually go I kind of thought I had to go hard or go home and I'm like no 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 we are we are not about that um I understand that some professional athletes need to do that to be competitive, but average Joe on the street, above average Joe on the street does not need to do that. And um, so we always talk about what percentage do you is going to work for you. And I, to be honest, a lot of people sit around the 70, uh, 60 to 70% mark. Yeah. They're like, actually, if I come into a session and give you 60% of what I've got, I can maintain that. And I can do that four or five times a week or whatever it is that they want to do. And or we set them up to do, and I can do that week on week. But if they tipped it a little bit higher, if they went, oh, I'm going to go for eighty percent, that they it would fall apart because it just doesn't align with their life. It doesn't yeah. align with everything else they've got to do. It's like um, um, I've got polycystic ovarian syndrome (PCOS), um, and one of the big problems with that is weight. Um, and so people will say, oh, you want to do hit to lose weight? You want to do hit? Well, actually, if you've got PCOS, majority of PCOS sufferers have the opposite effect with HIT. It's too stressful on the body. And our bodies as PCOS sufferers um, don't like cortisol even more than the average show. Um, so it's actually completely counterproductive for us. It's something that we need to say no for, no to, because it doesn't work. So, um, sorry, they're very three long-winded tips for you there. No, um, that's good. So yeah, no, it's that. 
I don't know what point in our lives, I guess it's when our parents start saying it to us as toddlers, but we start associating the word no with being a negative thing. And no is a positive word and no is a complete sentence. You do not need to explain yourself. You can just say no. Yeah. There was a song about that, wasn't there? PJ <laughs> Duncan or something. Just Probably. say no. <laughs> yeah, I think that's um, that's a that's a big takeaway. Just you know, learning to say no. It's not a bad thing. It's not a negative word. Um, and you're not the first person to have said that on this podcast. We've had a lot mm-hmm. of you know, highly successful entrepreneurs. And one of the reasons that they, they, they are successful, they are protective of their time and, you know, they're, they're, they're super busy, but they, they still have way more time than the majority of us. And one of the reasons is because they know what to say yes to and they know what to say no to. And they're very protective over their, their time. It's not gonna... There's a hustle mentality, isn't it? I think you see it a lot in, in entrepreneurial circles, this hustle, hustle, hustle. You've got to be part of the 5am club. And I really don't like that social media culture of taking a picture of your phone or your alarm clock at 5am. And I did do it a few times. And I was like, I feel like there needs to be a backstory. I feel like with so much of what we put on social media, there should be a backstory behind it. Yeah. Um, there was a really cool infographic. So everyone like talks about, um, and I see a lot of nutritionists do it, nutritionists that have been naturally skinny their whole lives as well, which is always like, ugh. Um, but they'll put up the, um, oh, it's all about intuitive eating and just like listening to your body. And I'm like, I'm sorry, if I listened to my body, I would be sitting spoon feeding bags of sugar into my mouth. That is what my body tells me at once. Yeah. And that is not true. My body does not understand what it you actually wants. Peanut butter for me. Yeah, it's like you just sit, it, just sit there and eat sugar, and because you forget about all the other things, and it was, um, it was an iceberg. You know, you see the you, what other people see and what actually happens. Mm. But it was intuitive eating on the top of the iceberg, and under the water, it was like recovered from disordered eating, learned how to track macros, learned what a calorie was, learned what portion size was, yeah. learned what a vegetable was. Like it's all these other things that yeah. they, they'll say that it's intuitive eating but actually there's so much that they've been through to be able to do that um no and one's an overnight success in any area no yeah exactly <laughs> although social media can kind of give that false illusion that it is an overnight success but yeah you, you don't know the backstory all you're seeing is an image you know you're hearing someone speak for the first time you don't know what's been going on for the last 5 10 15 20 years yeah. leading up to that point I really don't like saying uh, I don't I don't share client before and afters it's just a personal thing and but I don't like even sharing mine Mm. and and while I can't remember when it was but quite a while ago I shared one and I had um, quite a few messages from people they're like I just thought you were one of those naturally fit people that you'd always kind of been like that and I was like no I'd done the journey too like I speak from experience as well as professional qualifications and actually know what I'm talking about because I kind of feel like you need both and um, I think there's benefits from both sides but for me the ideal has a bit of both in there and um, and I got new clients from putting it out there and it really made me sad that I did because I'm like I shouldn't have to but I think in this world where we see so much like I'm such a social media cynic I'll like look at a person's picture and I'll be like yeah you're naturally skinny don't don't go telling me how to eat and I'm really not a fan of like influences and things like that um because I I think the the algorithm favors quick 
I mean, you look at reels, you can do reels up to, I think, like 35 seconds long, mm. but they recommend trying to keep them under 10 seconds because we haven't got the attention span. And actually, there is so much information online that needs a backstory that needs you to understand. It's not just that little snippet that you saw. Um, like the, I've got, I finally got my 140 deadlift. I've been working on that for six months six months I've been working on that like it's and life has got in the way it's not been like every single day I've worked on that I've had to build it in around life and it's just like oh my god that's such a cool thing to be able to do and I'm like cool it took me six months but prior to those six months it took me 12 months to get my 130 like it's just <laughs> um it's it's there's always more to the story there's always more under the iceberg um, and I think when we start being able to understand that, we can start working on our more, on our additional things. We can stop just trying to work on the above bit and we can realise that we need to sort our under the water level out as well. And yeah. um, if we're ever going to be able to build that, that iceberg out of the water. 100%, 100%. On that note, Jess, you've been an amazing guest. Tell us, how can, uh, for those that don't know, how can we connect with you? Where can we find you on social media, Clubhouse? Yeah, what to search for? all the things um so this easiest one um is just going to my website which is the lifestylecoachuk.com and then if you do forward slash links um that's kind of got all the key links and um, there's a couple of free downloadables on there um no email address insertion required i really probably should have a mailing list at some point especially if social media is going to keep crashing um but yeah there's a couple of downloadables on there as well at the moment just freebies um and it's got links through to the club um, it's got links to the weekly review and, and links through to my main website as well. Um, all the bits and pieces are on there. Um, and Instagram's my happy place. So if you want to want to have a chat with, like, send me a message or anything, Instagram's usually your best bet. Um, but come and jump in a clubhouse room. Come say hi. Come say hi, indeed. Yeah, indeed. Jess, you've been amazing. Thanks for joining us on the One Percent Podcast. Thank you.